0: Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. I want you, if you have a Bible or phone and you want to turn to Joel, the first chapter, we're gonna begin there and just simply do an intro from Wednesday night. I began Wednesday night to teach on fasting. What fasting is and what the importance of it is um, uh, in your life as a believer, and let me let me just focus on, on, on me just for a moment. Uh, how many here would say if God called a fast and it was important for me uh, regarding the outcome of this year, you'd want to obey the Lord? Lift your hand. I think everybody would want to do that. We'll under we'll we'll define what that is as we go along. Now, as as Wednesday night we shared. Uh, about six minutes or eight minutes on a prophetic word that came uh, through Pastor Vicky through prayer. And, um, and uh, the spe- specific phrase that stood out was 2023, uh, 2023. 2023 is, uh, is the year you need. And I thought, well, 2023 is the year you need. Yeah, it could be, and I don't know. We'll just figure it out as we go. But it could me, uh, mean you need more of God, more of his word, more love, more compassion, more mercy, more patience, hello, whatever it is, more of God that you need. And he said prophetically that 2023 is the year that you need. Amen. Maybe simply to overall to draw closer to God in your personal life. It should be a new year for spiritual, a a new year's uh, spiritual resolution above everything else. I know everybody sets goals at the beginning of the year. Now, of course, there's uh, billions of dollars spent on weight loss programs and getting back into fitness. There's nothing wrong with any of that, but first and foremost, you should make a new year's resolution uh, spiritually to God that you're going to be more committed to Him this year than ever before. Amen. 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 And uh, because it's important for your spiritual life and all what God has for you. In Joel, the first chapter, uh, uh, the nation of Israel, uh, uh, this was pretty much through all the prophets so in, in the Old Testament, all the books of the Old Testament, the prophets. It was all about the spiritual condition of God's people, um, um, whether it was in the wilderness or wherever, okay? And uh, so they were in a severe spiritual drought. And uh, they needed, uh, uh, yeah, and apart from a visitation from God and a divine message from Uh, for his people, they would have ultimately perished. And God doesn't want you to perish this year. He wants you to prosper this year, especially spiritually, okay? And so what did the Holy Spirit say? In verse 14, this is the New Living Translation, announce a time of fasting. Call the people or the believers together for a solemn meeting. Bring the leaders or the spiritual leaders and all the people of the land Where? Into the temple of the Lord your God, and cry out to him there. So there was a specific place. Years ago, I preached a message called A Place Called There. There was a specific place that God was drawing his people to, and that was to his house, the temple, uh, to fast and to pray. Chapter 2, verse 12. Therefore also now, says the Lord, turn and keep on coming to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, Think about that, fasting, weeping, and mourning. God could see it even more than they, that the hour was critical, and they really needed to cry out to God on behalf of their nation, just as our nation is in trouble. But if we'll cry out to God on behalf of our nation, God will show forth his mercy and his grace and his goodness. If you believe that, shout amen. Amen. I believe that with all my heart. Let's go on. And, and keep coming to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, uh, until every hindrance is removed and the broken fellowship is restored. So now we see where the problem is. They have not been connected with God. They, be, they begin to embrace the culture that was around them, and they became like all the other nations which grieved the heart of God because God chose them for one reason, to be a light to the world around them. I'm going to believe that God so loved the world back in the Old Testament as much as he did in the New Testament. That's why he chose um, these specific people is to let their light shine to the, uh, to the heathen nations around him. Now, rend your hearts and so that's uh, obviously it was an internal problem. Rend your hearts and not your garments and return to the Lord, your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. And he revokes his sentence of evil when his conditions are met. Verse 15, blow the trumpet in Zion, set apart a fast, a day, say a day okay. of restraint and humility. "...call a solemn assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elderly people, gather the children, the nursing infants, let the bridegroom who is actually legally exempt from attending, that he should go forth from his chamber and the bride from uh, from her closet, for none is exempt from the humiliation." I said, Sunday, I'd rather humble myself before God than to rebel and be humiliated for my rebellion. So... He says, let the priests and the ministers of the Lord weep uh, between the porch and the altar and let them say, God, have pity and spare your people or our nation, O Lord, and give not your heritage to reproach that the heathen nation should rule over them or use a byword against them. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? And again, I really believe that is, I mean, that is such a slam in the face of God that especially in the last couple, um, uh, uh, last uh, 30, 40 years, how that when we came here, I was 30 years old and didn't have the, didn't have the, uh, uh, I, I, I didn't encourage everyone of our congregation to be involved in all the logistic aspects of the governing part of the United States of America. Because if the church was involved in every aspect, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have the heathen ruling over our children today. Amen. Can I have an amen? I'm just saying we we were to, they were God was so grieved because they were they had become just like the culture around them, and, and then and the spiritual light had been snuffed out by their moral compromise. So why should they say among peoples where is their God? God was saying, Why aren't the nations around you recognizes my presence among you? So the resolve for this was a fast, fasting and prayer. The word fast in the Hebrew, of course, means to cover the mouth. Okay, and I said this on Wednesday night: Cover your mouth and open your heart, and hunger for the will of God above everything else. Look up to heaven and say, Lord, not my will but yours. Amen. Thank you, Father. Fasting always has to do with believers' natural appetite, okay? Fasting requires self-sacrifice, self-examination, and self-judgment. Willing to be transparent before God while allowing him to confront, convict, and correct us inwardly, every one of us. Biblical, I said this Wednesday night, and we'll go on from here. Biblical fasting is denying the voice of the flesh in order to give heed to the voice of the Spirit. Say this out loud. The Holy Spirit wants to say something to me. The Holy yeah. Wants to say something. yeah, He does. Absolutely. Not just corporately as a, as a church, but to you individually. He wants to speak with to you. The first record of fasting we have, and I'll just spend a couple of minutes here, it, uh, is, is found in Exodus, uh, where Moses, you know, was commissioned by God to go up onto the mountain Sinai, I entered the glory cloud he stepped he, he was in god 's presence for forty days. he came back down with uh, uh, with uh, the ten commandments amen god 's spiritual uh, resolution uh, for all the challenges Israel faced this was god 's word god's biblical guideline the ten commandments amen nothing's changed from then till now and so um <clears throat> He, of course, by the time he got down, they had already broken the commandment by building a golden calf, and, uh, and um, except for Moses' um, intercession, they, they, they would have perished. And so anyway, um, so he, uh, <laughs> Moses got ticked off and broke, <laughs> broke the tablets. That was simply a type and shadow of they already broke the law, God's law before he even uh, gave it to them. So he goes back on the mountain another 40 days. Now, and then it says this, and I'll read this part. It says, He, Moses, was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. This was, now, good, this was his second time, okay? He did not either uh, eat bread nor drink water. And he wrote upon the tablets the words of the covenant or the Ten Commandments or the covenant of love. Isn't that interesting? He, he fasted again for, I don't know, it doesn't really say he fasted the first time, but he surely fasted the second time. How many agree that not having food or water, it takes a divine work of God on your, it, because you'd perish otherwise? So that isn't something that we do, okay? That's something that uh, Moses did by the anointing of God. It's something that Jesus did when he was in the wilderness. He fasted and drank nothing or ate nothing for 40 days and 40 nights, okay? So Moses did that. So during this divine fast, praise God, God intervened and gave um, the Israelites his word so that they could obey the word and their lives could be blessed. But it would not have come, listen, this blessing would not have come for Israel except one man was willing to fast. Willing to make that self-sacrifice on behalf of someone else, amen. All all through the Old Testament, um, uh, people fasted. Uh, I'll read this story, Esther. Esther, you know the story of Esther. If you don't, please read it. It's so powerful. Esther, of course, we know that she was chosen by God to become the queen, uh, to, uh, the queen instead of Vashti, I think her name was. And, um, and so she's the queen, sec, uh, you know, and, and um, uh, one day because of um, uh, what's his name? Um, I, I wrote it down, uh, Haman. Uh, he was an anti-Semite. He hated Israel. He hated Mordecai, and so he tricked the king into signing a um, a law that all the Jews be wiped out, not knowing that his wife, the queen, was a Jew. And so he goes to uh, Mordecai goes to her for help and says to her, "Do not think in your heart that." Well, first of all, she knew that if she was not invited into the king's presence that she literally could be killed, okay? It came by personal invite, not by a choice. And yet, she was willing to take the risk uh, to do something that had never been done before, that is approach the king without, uh, without being invited. And so, she said, he said, Mordecai said this to, es- uh, to Queen Esther, do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. I'm going to stop and think about that. See, we're always handing somebody the spiritual responsibilities that we have over to someone else when God wants you to accept and embrace what he's called you to do, and there would be seasons of fasting and prayer. Okay? Okay? And so, we've called one now. We're calling a fast at Faith Family Church, beginning on the 3rd, and I'll explain it to you in a moment at, at the end of this message. A fast. And I told you, I've said it through the years, anytime you say the word fast, the, 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 the M and the McDonald's sign just gets magnified a hundredfold. And um, so, anyway... Let's finish reading this. Yet, who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Then Esther told him to reply to Mordecai, go gather all the Jews. Gather every member of Faith Family Church. Say, no one is left out. Just like in Joel's day. Everybody, men uh, and children, new husbands and brides, babies, children. Everybody was included to come and gather together for this cause. And so, go gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me, neither eat nor drink for three days. For uh, up here, for Joel, it was one day. Uh, for um, Moses, it was 40 days. And for Esther, it was three days. So, I mean, it, it's not a matter of how many days. It's a, it's a matter of the intent of the heart. Amen. Can I have an Amen. amen. And uh, for three days, night and day, my maids and I will fast likewise. And so I will go to the king which is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. So here you have a woman who's willing to risk her life, that's called self-sacrifice, to save to save her people. And praise God that God had one who was willing to pay that price. Again, that word of the Lord came, I believe, this morning for all of us because there are things coming down. uh, um, There are things coming that if we will pray and fast, God will intervene on our behalf. Uh, I'm talking about as the body. We're not the only. There's many Christians in our community, many um, uh, great churches nationwide that uh, will be affected by what's to come if we don't stop for a moment, fast and pray and call on God for his divine intervention. We don't want to be praying after the fact. We want to pray ahead of time. Hallelujah. And get the upper hand. Can I have an amen? amen? As far as God working on our behalf. If you remain completely silent at this time, at this time, at this time, there was a time, there was a place. A relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. What if God, during this specific fast, We really had a word for you, a word that you absolutely needed. But you just simply neglected the fact and took it lightly that this was just something that for someone else and not for you. But what if you fasted and you got that word and that word brought you the breakthrough that you needed for your life? These things are important, very important. So can you really afford to overlook and dismiss what God is saying? So, you really have to stop and consider the seriousness of this time. Now, I want you to turn to 2 Chronicles. I wrote this down, That thought was interesting. The Lord said this to me, it's no, it's no deep revelation. He said, There are at least three reasons why God sent the Holy Spirit to live within you. Three reasons. I put them up on the board here to show you things to come, to equip you for things to come, and to guide you through things to come. To show you things to come, to equip you for things to come, and to guide you through the things to come. Isn't that beautiful? He's never left us without the right weapons, without the grace, without the strength, without the wisdom. We talked to Pastor Vicki Sherrod about the wisdom of God and how we need, every one of us need to um, call out to God uh, for a clear perspective on what it means to reverence him. So you can, we can all pick on different churches and different religions, you know. But, you know, the one thing I think is interesting about some churches, uh, uh, some religions, uh, they, they have such a respect for God's house, but the moment they enter into it, they kneel. Or they go to the altar, and, they, and they, there's an altar that comes down. A lot of churches have altars, right, and they kneel. Why? Because they, they don't understand it, but they, they are simply taught to reverence God. Yeah, yeah. Amen? Yes. To reverence God. And then when we get, we get free, we get so free that in our freedom, we abuse that reverence or we stop reverencing him. How many believe God should be reverenced Amen. above all things in your life? Yeah. Amen. Because if you catch that, you, your life will be blessed. Now, in Second Chronicles, oh, we're just going to tell this little story here. It's a big story. I'll turn there. I'll read. The, um, well, just let me. See. I won't read the first couple of verses, but I'll get there in my Bible. In Second Chronicles 20, it says that there were three or four specific nations that were gonna that planned a strategy to attack. It was a military attack upon Israel, and they were outnumbered thousands to one. There was no way. This was this was a certain death without God's divine intervention. A certain death. Okay. And so I want to read, well, I'm in 29, I should get to 20. In, in the third, third verse of chapter 20 of Second Chronicles, it says, so Jehoshaphat, here, look at here, feared. I bet he did. And he set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. He knew the seriousness of the hour. In fact, it goes on to say that they were the enemy was in Angani. That was 30 miles southeast of Jerusalem. It will be like having Russia in China 30 miles off the coast of, of California or New York. 30 miles. It's a certain death without God's divine intervention. So he called a fast throughout all Judah. Verse 4. And Judah gathered themselves together. Say together. together. Say it again. Now, this isn't about me or about you know our staff. This isn't just about one or two. It's about everybody. They gathered together. We'll see how many gathered together. Watch this. To ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. It's so important. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. He's in God's house. And he said, Lord God, our fathers, of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven? And rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thine hand is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee? Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) Art not thou our God? who did drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel and gave it to the seed of Abraham, thy friend forever. He's petitioning God. He's saying, God, you made this promise, and you made this promise to give us a house to worship in, a land to possess. You, You did this, Father. We're reminding you of, of what you did because of your covenant with Abraham. The Bible says in Galatians 3:29, if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Right. Thank you, Lord. Verse 8: And they dwelt therein and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, If When evil cometh upon us as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction. Then thou wilt hear and help. Hallelujah. I just love that. Verse 11 Behold, I say, how they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. I believe that God is, you have inherited many things because of Jesus Christ. Not only inherited his eternal nature, right? Uh, his, His eternal attributes, you've inherited those. But you've inherited all the things that you need as we journey through this life, just as they did. Let me say this then. I maybe said this In it, Brother Hagan, Kenneth Hagan. Uh, the other morning I went down on my bike to, to, to exercise and, and I um, went to YouTube and I, uh, for some reason, I know it's God, there's Brother Hagan and his son in 1996 on the 700, no, on, yeah, the 700 Club? Yep. Yeah. And uh, um, being interviewed. And, um, Oh my, I just got so, I got so blessed, I can hardly take it. Listen to his testimony, even though I heard it a hundred times before. It was like I heard it for the first time. So go and Google that and listen to it, every one of you. Because I think, see, Brother Hagan, I think, got a bad rap in this respect. Brother Hagan was not a preacher about financial prosperity. He was a preacher about spiritual prosperity. He even said it. He said it there. He said, he says um, in Mark uh, eleven twenty two through 24, he was famous for teaching on that. He says, for whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed and be cast out of the sea, shall not, he taught on that actually during this time, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that the things he saith shall come to pass, he'll have whatever he saith. And he was, and he said, And that, that, that's spiritually. That's spiritually. Some of you need to tell the devil to get off your lap. Some of you need to tell the devil to get out of your house. You have spiritual authority. You don't have authority over someone else. You have authority over your own life, authority over your own mind, authority over your own body. So you're not exercising your authority. But I was so blessed because he said, that's talking about the spiritual things. That's why in Mark's gospel early on, Jesus came up to a fig tree and he, he, um, he was hungry. The Bible says, and he was hungry. And he reached out to get something because on the fig tree, when, the, when it was the fullness of the leaves were there, that means the fruit was on it. So he reached out for fruit, and there was none. And so he spoke to it. He answered it. The, the, if he answered something, the, fruit must, uh, the tree must have said something to him. And the tree said, I have ceased to do what you've created me to do, and that's for you need. So he spoke to the tree, and he cursed it. And I mean, it, it, was, it, was, it, it was, I mean, from the root, he cursed it. I'm telling you, some of us have these generational curses that we're dealing with, and we need to curse them and command them to dry up and get out of our lives in Jesus' name, amen. And then, what did he do? Then he went in to cleanse the temple. He did two things that day. He, he cursed the fig tree, then he went in to cleanse the temple. Why? Because the temple had become nothing but a merchandising business place. And man, he took a whip, and boy, I, I could just—I I love righteous anger. He took a whip, man, and he just whipped every one of those money changers out. He says, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. So, listen to that. He testified how he went to hell. He died twice and went to hell. He descended into the pit. And then, of course, and I think third time you ascended to heaven. I mean, it's a powerful, powerful, powerful testimony to awaken us. Praise God. I said all that to say, man, we have a good spiritual foundation. Amen. There's people that will abuse uh, the word of God or, or, or take it out of context, but I refuse to do that. I want to teach you, though, the whole counsel of God as best I can within the context of the scriptures that God gave us so that you can have a strong and a sound and a balanced spiritual life. Give God praise for that. Amen. That's what's important. So it says that. Go back to verse 10, uh, verse 12. Oh, our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. Amen. Our eyes are upon thee. Brother Hagen said this too. And Pastor Vicky was raised in this. She was raised in a full gospel church. She said, uh, Brother Hagen said, he, he never counseled people. Uh, he encouraged them to go to the altar and they'd hear God from there. Go to the word of God and go to the altar and God will hear you. And, and when you learn that God speaks to you, you don't want to hear from anyone else but him. Amen. He's, he's, he's wonderful. But anyway, all this, we're talking about fasting. We're talking about praying, effective prayers. Okay. He says, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And that's, that's a lot of times we don't know what to do. And uh, some of the things we're facing, but God knows what to do. I said, God knows what to do. And he'll give you the direction on that if you allow him to. Verse 11. Oh, let's go. Verse 13. Now, here, here's what I want to show you. And all Judah stood before the Lord. Nobody moved. Nobody had gone anywhere. They knew the seriousness of the hour. And here it is. <clears throat> oh, I want to say this. If there's one thing that the leader of our country has done, there's one good thing he's done. You know what it is? Hopefully John the the church closer to God. Draws closer to God. Amen. And all Judas stood before the Lord with their little ones and um, their wives and their children, their wives, their children, their little ones. Everybody came. Years ago, we had a fast, fast week. I don't know how long ago it was. And uh, we called everybody, and everybody came. Everybody came, even with their children. And their children, they had little blankets they laid out on, on the floor for their children to to um, uh, fall asleep. Right? I mean, they they had they had everybody out there, and uh, and we prayed all night. Prayed all night. It was wonderful. Now we're not going to do that, uh, but we're going to pray. But we prayed all night. Amen. Randy'll take the all nighter. I'll just. Uh, I know Pastor Vicki will take it. I mean, I'm telling you right now. Don't ever start talking to her at 10 o'clock because she awakens at 10 o'clock. Years ago, she'd want to talk. I said, honey, don't talk to me at 10. There's lights out at 10 o'clock. You talk to me in the morning. We're all different. I'm not a morning. I mean, I'm not an evening person, but she sure is. God speaks to her at night. God speaks to me in the morning. Hallelujah. I'm just gratefully speaking. <laughs> Let's go. Amen. Let's finish this. So everybody came. Then came. Watch this. This is beautiful. They're praying. They're fasting. They're seeking the heart of God. Unified together. Then upon Jehazel, the son of Zechariah. I'm going to skip down. Came the spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said... Hearken ye, all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you. See, so it's just like that word that came earlier. I knew there was gonna be a word from the Lord as I stood over there by the door. And that's why I told everybody to be quiet, and I was hoping that some would obey God with tongues because that was, again, to help some of you may not understand, there are nine spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, two of them is tongues, And the the second is, two of them are tongues, and the one that works with it is the interpretation of tongues. It's no use speaking in a tongue in a congregation like this, and nobody understands it. there's going to be a tongue, there should be an interpretation. Even though sometimes when we are praying for people, people break out in tongues simply to pray and agree with that prayer. But I'm just, you have to understand the difference. So there came a tongue, and then the interpretation came. My point is, it really was God speaking to us. But somebody has to obey. Just like this guy. They're all praying and all of a sudden upon this believer, Jehaziel, came the word of the Lord, all right? Thus saith the Lord unto you, be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours but God's. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse 17, you shall not need to fight in this battle Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. Hallelujah! O oh, Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow, God against them, for the Lord shall be with you. Hallelujah! How many wake up Monday morning and go to work by faith? Come on, yeah, you, yeah. I was talking to one of our friends; said they were up till two o'clock this morning. Wow, that's late. But they woke up by faith to come to church. My point is, every morning, it's that way in your life. Every morning, you wake up by faith to serve the Lord. By faith, you got to do this. By faith, you got to do that. I mean, it's just, we are living a life of faith. But when you're fasting, when you're fasting, something happens on the inside where you become extremely sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit, and some, now listen to me, everybody listen, you don't know, you don't know what you need, but God does. You don't know that at a specific time this week, something's going to happen and God wants to prepare you for it. Hallelujah. So that when it happens, you've already got the word of the Lord. You already have the word of the Lord. Remember the Holy Spirit? He's given to us to show us things to come. Whatever it may be in your life that you need to see. Let's go on. Verse 20. And so they rose early in the morning, went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said this. Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Hallelujah. Believe as prophets and so shall you prosper. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. And when they consulted with the people, verse 21, he appointed singers unto the Lord that should pra- uh, praise the beauty of holiness. And as they went out before the army and to say praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Imagine, I bet at that moment there were some people that wished they had never joined the choir. <laughs> that really is funny if you really think about it. Oh, uh, uh, sir, uh, I got a sore throat today. I can't sing. <laughs> no. He's, he, by the leading of the Spirit, he sent the praises out, and they were singing, saying, um, uh, I just love this, uh, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Amen. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Let's say it together. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Say it again. Praise the Lord for his mercy They were simply saying, God, we're trusting in you. And we're going to send the praisers out. We're going to send the singers out. They're going to sing and praise you. Hallelujah. In the midst of certain death without God's divine intervention. Let's finish this story. It's beautiful. And when they began to sing and to praise the Lord. Say the Lord. Say it again. Amen. It was the Lord who set amb- uh, ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, utterly to dis- uh, to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy another. You talk about confusion. They they literally, the enemy literally turned on one another instead of staying focused on what they came to do, they got so confused that they wiped each other out. They wiped everybody out. Now, I know that's not a real exciting story, but I'm telling you, when when the enemy's coming against you, uh, how many want the enemy wiped out before he gets to you? Amen. I'm not talking about flesh and blood. I'm talking about the spiritual aspect of life. So, And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked unto the multitude, and behold, there were dead bodies fallen to the earth. None escaped. None escaped. Man. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry and there were three days in gathering the spoil of it so it was so much now please you know hopefully you're spiritual enough to understand this is a this is a natural analogy of the spiritual life that you live that the devil is going to try to come and strip you of God's peace God's love Amen. Amen. strip you of your moral convictions whatever it may be don't you let him. That's right. amen. You make the right choices. God will bless you and make a way of escape for you. Amen. Can I have an amen? amen? And the Bible says they were there three days gathering. And on the fourth day, they assembled themselves in the valley of um, Barakah. It's a... Uh, it's, 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 um, That's what it's called. It's Barakah is what they say. For they, they bless the Lord. Therefore, the name of the place is called the Valley Barakah, which means the Valley of Blessing. So because they trusted God and they remained in that attitude of prayer and that attitude of worship and that attitude of fasting, praise God, God not only destroyed their enemies, but brought divine provision. Who in the world goes to war uh, with all the the jewels, heaped up with jewels and and gold and, and prosperity? Nobody. I mean, they did. They were stupid enough to do it. But God showed himself mighty for them. Why? Because they joined together as one in this time of fasting. Now, we know there are different times here. We can see it from the scriptures. Again, Joel was a day. For Esther, it was three days. For Moses, it was 40 days. For Jesus, it was 40 days. Now, this is not in my outline, but I want you to turn to Luke, the fourth chapter. Just for a moment. We have a few more minutes, and then we'll pray together. Luke's Gospel. So We're going to set a fast, and it's going to be for 10 days. It's gonna be from, from the 3rd of January to the 13th. And then the, we'll break fast in the, on the morning of the 14th because that's what breakfast means. It means break fast. And we'll break fast and gather together for this great and wonderful celebration of, of, of the HELPS conference. Now, in the Luke, the fourth chapter, I just wanna show you this. I mean, if Jesus needed to fast, how much more his body can I have an amen? amen? This is where we'll end. Verse 4. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, how did he get full of the Holy Ghost? Well, John, in chapter 3, John, John baptizes him in water, and when he came up out of the water, the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. It wasn't a dove. It was like a dove, okay? And that at that moment, Jesus was divinely equipped to carry out the will of God. And it says... And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now we know, okay? Now I just want to catch this. Being 40 days tempted of the devil, and in those days he ate nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. I'm sure he did. 40 days without food. Now there, have been, there are some people that have actually done that, you know, never done it, but 40 days. I suppose they want to prove that they can do it like Jesus did, but you better be led by the Spirit if you're gonna do something like that, because it does affect your life, affects your organs of your body, everything. But Jesus was being divinely equipped for something he had to do. What was it? I'll show you. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. That's called the lust of the flesh. In 1 John, the second chapter, there are three avenues through which you are tempted. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Three arenas, no more. Okay? So that was the lust of the flesh. And Jesus says, it is written. So he conquered that temptation through quoting the word. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Then the devil took him up into a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Who's got to quickly, um, uh, where's my... I thought, I, where, where's my um, Amplified? Thank you. i got to read this out of the Amplified. If you, uh, Praise the Lord. I, I, we were at, um, down at Rodney Howard Browns for a service. It started at 9.30, and, and got, we got out at 1.30, so we're doing real good. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but just, well, I want you to see this. <clears throat> I want you to see the Amplified on this. The Amplified, Luke 4. Thank you, Lord. It's right up at the beginning. Okay. So the devil took him up to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the, of the habitable world in a moment of time in the twinkling of an eye. And he said to Jesus, to you, I will give all this authority, power and authority. Who did he get it from? He got it from Adam. Right. All this power and authority, watch this, and their glory, all their magnificence excellence, preeminence, dignity, and grace. For it has been turned over to me and I give it to whomever I will. How many agree that the devil he a liar? He, would not, he wasn't going to give nothing to Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Let's go on. And the, Jesus replied, Get behind me, Satan. It is written, You shall do homage to and worship the Lord your God. That's written in Deuteronomy the sixth chapter, okay? And him only shall you serve. Then, Jesus, then the devil took him to Jerusalem and set him on a gable of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, cast yourself down from here. For it is written, even Satan quotes scripture. Yeah. For it is written, the devil said, he will give his angels charge over you to guard and watch over you closely and carefully. And on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus replied to him, it is written, or the scriptures say, you shall not tempt and try exceedingly the Lord your God. Amen. And when the devil had ended, verse 13, every uh, or the complete cycle of temptation, he temporarily left him, that is, he stood far off from him until another more opportune and favorable time. I mean, obviously, he came back to him at a different time. Just like he does to you and I. Isn't that funny how you go to bed some night and say, whoa, I got the victory over that. Next morning, the devil's pounding on your head. Yes. The reason I told you that is because that is our greatest challenge of this journey through the wilderness of this thing called our natural life. Is We're constantly being bombarded by the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Those three arenas. Always remember that. And don't think for a moment, you're the only one. Every one of us are, have to deal with those three areas. Right. And we have to address them. And we, have, and we can conquer them, but only through the written word of God. Amen. Or we call it the revelation of God's word. Isn't that good? I said, isn't that good? Amen. So let's finish and show you here what happened. Verse 16. No, okay, let me just read it. verse 14. Then Jesus went back full of and under the power of the Holy Spirit into Galilee and the fame of him spread through the whole region round about. He himself conducted a course of teaching in their synagogues being recognized and honored and praised by all. So he came to Nazareth, that Nazareth, where he had been brought up and he entered the synagogue and was um, as custom, uh, I, I, no, I missed that. Let me see what It's all good. Oh, that's what, verse 14. Then Jesus went back full of and under the power of the Holy Ghost. He didn't come back weak and defeated. He came back even stronger and more victorious. That's what I'm trying to get to you. And Amen. That's the same with your life. Every battle you face and confront and conquer, you get stronger after that, not weaker. Amen. Lift your hand if you understand what I'm saying when I talk about the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Thank you. See, every one of us know that. There's where the there's where the, the attacks come. Mind is the gateway to the heart. That's why Paul says, "Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind." That's why we have services. It's, we have services so we can gather together, listen with with corporate love and corporate faith and corporate encouragement. Amen. So we can all uh, we can all learn the same thing so we can conquer the same battles. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So we're going to start a fast, and we're asking every one of you if you'll get involved in it. Uh, and if Pastor Vicki wants to add anything to this, you're more than welcome to. But uh, we, we've seen through the years that uh, there are different fasts in the Bible. It, it, we've just been reading there. But um, a lot of fasts, uh, a lot of people fast what's called a Daniel fast. And, and they take this scripture, and I'll just share it with you. At the book of Daniel, um, uh, where is it at? Do you have it up there? Maybe I didn't put it up. Oh, here it is. Daniel 10, verse 2, it says, In those days, Daniel says, I, I, I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth. Message Bible says, I ate, I ate only plain and simple food, no seasoning or meat or wine. The Living Bible says, All that time I tasted neither wine nor drink or, nor meat, and, of course, I went without desserts, you know. Amen. I'm just going to do a fast on Schwann's ice cream. Nothing else. Just, just no, I'm only kidding so it, it's all about the attitude of the heart, but Pastor Vicki said this Wednesday night, and it's true. This is serious. This ain't some game we're playing, or this is a serious thing, so, should we, so we should take it that way. And now, and and of course, some people have health, health issues, so there are certain times during the day they have to take certain pills, and they have to do it with food. This thing, it's the attitude of the heart. It's self-sacrifice, even though you, sh- you have to understand your body and the limitation thereof. You, have, you understand your body, Okay. See, there's a, a, a couple of times, maybe in the 40 years, I fasted for 21 days, and it was on the Daniel's fast, okay? So it's not like you're going to die, but there, there should be some self-suffering the sense of discipline on your part to, uh, to join everybody for the purpose of praying, listen, and hearing from God. Amen. Even you young kids, I'm serious, even, even God wants to say something to the young people, Amen. He really does, and so and as we come together, we're going to pray here every day at noon. And um, and I, you know, I haven't asked Brother Greg this yet, but he usually comes here in the morning to pray. If you want to come and join him in the morning, he'll give you the time, and uh, and you can pray in the mornings and pray at noon, or you can pray by yourself. But pray Amen. while you're fasting. Ask God to just begin to pray in the spirit. And call out to God for His for His direction and His self, and God will minister. You'll open the Bible. If, if anything, if anything, as you're starting your fast, per, um, read some of the psalms or some of the proverbs. Oh, read a proverb. Maybe you get a proverb every day for all month, because there's 31, and then you can, and then you can read psalms, and, and God will begin to minister. He'll begin to lead you to certain scriptures and show you things for your life. Would you stand? We're going to pray together. Thank you. And though we quote this, it's interesting that the first word of this scripture, 2 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves. God won't humble you. God will never humble you. You have to humble yourself. Well, humble yourselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. Then will I heal our land. God even wants to heal America. Amen. We're not going to give America over to the devil. No. As we pray for our nation, God will move supernaturally. And and I haven't heard anything, so I don't know. Maybe Pastor Vicki has that there are other churches that are calling for a fast at the beginning of the year, <clears throat> but I know there are. You know, I know there are. I'm not assuming that. There are people that are beginning the year with fasting. So if you... Now, I'm going to ask you this, but don't just instantly do this. Just stop and think of what you're going to do here. But if you say, Pastor, I'm going to join you and your wife in a time of fasting for these 10 days, lift your hand up. Thank you. Many, many, many hands. Thank you. I appreciate that. I really do. I really do. So lift your hands. I want to pray for you today. Father, I just pray for this precious congregation. And God, thank you that you grace us for what you've called us to do. Can you thank him for that? That means, God, you give us the inward strength that we need. God, to each and every day, exercise self-discipline, self-sacrifice, so, God, you can benefit from it in ministering not only to us, but ministering through us. I believe God, during these 10 days, will even be set divinely, face-to-face with other people to minister to them. Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise Him for that. Amen. That God will find out how sweet it is to hear what the Spirit of the Lord uh, is saying. Hallelujah. And that, God, You will speak. And, God, You will lead. Hallelujah. And You will reveal to us things that we need. Everybody thank Him again for that. Thank you, Father. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning service at 930 as well as our midweek service on Wednesday nights at 7. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.